thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Christoph, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damian Christoph. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guy Show, a weekly show dedicating brain wellness into our lives. And today, guys, boys, it's just amazing to be able to have this conversation right here because uh, we it's we bring one of our favorites, uh, John Demartini, of course, uh, who was on episode Wellness Guys of 158, which is almost about Gee, 100 episodes ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, as I previously mentioned, I met uh, I first I saw John um, speak uh, at CMCC and back in oh, 1998, I think, was uh, my first year of chiropractic college. And uh, he was inspiring the hundreds of people that were in that gymnasium. And uh, I just wanted to, if you have not heard of Demartini, you're going to just about to uh, hear his genius. Um, I, don't, I don't think he needs any introductions, but welcome to the show again, Dr. John Demartini. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. John, um, it's amazing. It, it, obviously, you have an amazing career. You've already started, uh, you know, you're, you were a carpenter before, but now you're inspiring the world. And you had this vision uh, right from the beginning, right from a very, very young age. Uh, um, you know, from, from memory, you had a story about, um, you know, picking up this book and then inspiring to want to have a change in your life. Because your whole path, what's really interesting is that you have sort of created the journey, the destiny that you've always wanted to right from the beginning. You created this um, path right from the beginning. Could you start to tell us when you started this journey on the life that you actually live now? You travel around the world, three, you know, speaking over 300 days a week, uh, sorry, 300 days a year. Um, how did you start this path? And uh, would, did it start with the vision first and then you created it? Well, I um, was a illiterate teenager. I ended up uh, dropping out of school when I was 13, 14 years old and was a street kid. And I ended up going to California, hitchhiking to California and Mexico and picked up surfing and eventually made it to Hawaii to surf. I was living in a tent and nearly died of some things I was consuming there, strychnine and cyanide poisoning. was led to a health food store by a lady who found me nearly dead in a tent. That led me to a, a yoga class where I met Paul Bragg. And one night, in one hour, <clears throat> one man, Paul Bragg, with one message, uh, got to me. And that was the first night in my entire life that I thought, just maybe, possibly, I might be able to overcome my learning problems and learn how to read and learn how to be intelligent. And I never believed that I was going to do that until that night. And that night, with his help and his inspiration and his message, I um, I literally saw in my mind's eye a vision of me being intelligent and speaking and teaching and, and sharing in front of a million people. It's sort of a probably a dissociative identity disorder probably at the time, but I saw a vision and I've held that vision for 43 years now. And I've just kept pursuing that, which led me back to, you know, going back from Hawaii to, to, to California to hitchhike back to Texas, take a GED try to get into school, failed at first, had to learn how to read. And um, it was really a challenging start, but I, I pursued that and didn't give up until I could learn to read. And then I've never put books down since. I've just been learning and studying and mentoring. And I started teaching when I was 18 years old. I've been teaching 43 years now, more than 43. And I just can't seem to get enough of research, writing, traveling, and teaching. So I, I set out to travel the world and to be a teacher, and I just keep going. I, I guess if you stay with something long enough, your bills dives out, and you get there. It's amazing. 
<laughs> That's the first insight, actually, John, um, that you've ever given us to your age. I don't think anyone knows on, in the world what you, how old you are. So that's um, that's a great secret. I'm sure people can do the maths on that one. Thanks. Yeah, I'm 61, going on 62. And, uh, Everybody asks, how old is DMR? He, he just never seems to age, people say. And uh, that is ageless body, timeless mind. Is that what, how it goes? I think I've heard you say Yeah, I, I think that's it. I um I, I noticed that a lot of my buddies in the old surf days lived in the sun and aged and weathered pretty good. So I, I moderated my son over the years. I think that helped. Mm-hmm. I eat wisely. I do what I love. Um, and I think that helps. So I probably have some decent genes. So I, I think I'm, I think I've got a few more weeks or months or years on this this old body of mine, so I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> a few more decades. Hey, there's been uh, quite a lot of opportunity for us all to you know get to know you over the years. Obviously, with uh, with you doing seminars, and I think I first saw you in Ivanhoe uh, when you were speaking for uh, Dr. Brian Kelly back then, when he was running practices instead of colleges. Um, and- I was just with Brian um, literally two days ago, three days ago. Ah, well, that that would have been an amazing time. What an amazing collision of incredible minds! That would have been incredible. But then you've since then you've um, you've been on a number of different movies, television shows. The last one I saw you on was Overfed Undernourished with Anthony and Kate Golay, and uh, and so there's been some really you know great things that you're doing, and you've definitely reached and spoken in front of a million people. Have you set a new goal? Because it used to be that it was a million people. Are you wanting to talk in front of a billion people now, or do you want to speak in front of the whole of the planet? I I have a document that uh, you you can't see because we're on audio, but um, I I have a company, well, more than one company, but a series of companies that document uh, every radio, every television, every newspaper, every magazine, every internet outreach, um, every webinar, seminar, we document how many people we reach by every form of medium. I do between 40 and 70 magazines a month. I, I do newspapers regularly. I do, you know, I do 300 plus to three, sometimes 350 to 400 speeches a year and, and all kinds of media, a thousand interviews. So I, I, uh, we've reached 3.8 billion. Wow, 3.8 billion people with with documented stuff. That's just our documented stuff, and that's in many many countries. So now with the internet, you know that's not that's not on that would have been improbable at one time, but not with the internet today. We we can reach a lot of people. That's amazing. Although we've got 34 movies out there, so there's movies that are doing it. There's podcasts. I mean, mean, we spoke to. I, I did seven million in one day just last week. Um, just in, in media interreaching, interreaching. So we st- we told it up. It starts reaching a lot of people. That's amazing, and that's a documented three point eight billion demo. So it's not a Damien Christoph three point eight billion. That's a, that's that's actually measured. That's incredible, John. What are you talking so, about, John? Yeah, I'm, we I'm, a, I'm a believer in metrics. I I I, I want to make sure that uh, if I say I want to get a goal, I want to work towards that goal. But I I have not spoken to a million standing people. I've been offered to. Um, at uh, a conference in India, there'll be 3 million people there in, in attendance, maybe four possibly. I've been offered to do something there, and I, but my schedule is conflicting. It's tempting. Um, That's but, the one uh, that Ryan speaks at. Is that the one you're talking about? No, no, this is one in India. This is, uh, I don't know about the one. No, that's a different one that Brian talks about because that's involved in healers. Okay. This is a, a, a spiritual gathering, a jubilee kind of thing. But, um, but, 
you know, with, with radio and television, you can reach a lot of people. I mean, we reached 50 million people in one shot, 99 million people on Voice of America one, one day with Bill Clinton. That's and, amazing. Um, so, so sometimes you can reach large numbers of people in just one shot, just one hour. John, it's been two years since we had you on the show or something around that, Mark. So I know that you're constantly learning. You're constantly evolving. You read an amazing number of books. Um, what's new in the last two years? What's at the cutting edge that you'd love people to know about? Well, I'm just uh, constantly trying to refine my understanding of, of uh, as many fields as I possibly can encompass to uh, get the most universal principles, to build the strongest foundation, to help maximize human awareness and potential. So I'm constantly filling. I mean, today uh, I devoured some work on cosmology and and the what they call the jet counter jet uh, expression and emanation coming from the center of a big black hole galaxy and its relationship to the formation of stars and planets and how life may have originated from there to uh, studying an anthropological um, piece. Because I have 19 researchers sending me stuff pretty well every day. And I'm constantly reviewing, you know, articles and abstracts and then doing my own research and writing and just constantly writing every day. So it's in a lot of fields. But I'm I'm interested in what is it that maximizes human awareness from every one of those angles. So if I'm studying chemistry, I want to know how it how the brain developed the chemistry it's developing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a curious guy. I just love learning. You know, uh, you've been you've been st- wanting to study for, for such a long time. From the t- you know twenty years I've known you in in terms of what you've done, you constantly, like you said, you're absorbing this information. But you travel so much, and you move around pretty much every single day. And uh, you know, I love the line that you've always had, and, and uh, you know, the world is your is your home, and each country is like a different room in the house. Um, and the thing is, for me, I would love to ask is, do you actually have any particular daily routines that you stick to? Um, you know, even though you're traveling. Yeah, I think I do. I, I, um, I have, well, I get up, it depends on when I am. Like last night I was up till three, so I didn't get up till uh, almost eight this morning. But each day is different because of my time schedules. Like um, Friday morning I have a six o'clock Cyprus teleconference. And, um, and the night before I have a talk in Sydney and then so, you know, I may not get to bed till midnight. I got to be back up, um, you know, 430 or so to do get ready for the teleconference. So each day is different. My schedule fluctuates. But the best I can, I try to find some rhythm in that. And then I, I usually have for my routine, I get up, I do some stretching, I do some calisthenics, I take a shower, I clean up, I have uh, yogurt and fresh fruit and um, multigrain toast. I, and then I'm up either researching, writing, doing interviews, doing speaking, uh, getting it ready to go to fly somewhere, which is where I research and write, or I'm um, consulting with people. I, I'm somehow one way or the other, I'm teaching every day and trying to research every day. And I research every moment I get a gap. And, uh, and sometimes like I was on in uh, Christmas, I was down in Antarctica on my ship. And I was there for two and a half weeks, and I got to do 217 hours of writing. So I was very pleased. It was very, very nice to get caught up in writing and uh, research. So I just grab every gap I can in between every possible um, interview that I do or talk I do. That's uh, that's incredible. John, um, you did say at the start of the call that uh, you were illiterate at the age of 14. Um, and then you've gone on, obviously, with a very, very strong mindset and a very incredibly strong resolve to arrive at where you are at today. Do you think that it's possible that any human being could achieve what you've done? And and would most people, 
if they applied themselves, be able to achieve what you've been able to achieve? Well, it'd be foolish to try to do something like somebody else, but um, I think everybody has a set of priorities and set of values in their life. And if they find out what's really most meaningful and most inspiring to them, and they set sail on that and they prioritize their life and go and do what's most meaningful, they'll tend to accelerate. And if they give themselves permission to delegate the rest away, they'll, they'll excel. So it's just the science of learning how to accelerate and excel at what they do that anybody's capable of doing. It's not, it's not really rocket science. It's just a matter of doing it. So it's, if it's you give yourself permission to do it, you can too. So I don't, I don't see any reason why people can't do it. It's just they got to find what they value most because they're not going to do it duplicating something that's not meaningful to them. Yeah, we had a, a breakthrough experience um, recently, a, break, a wellness breakthrough, not a breakthrough experience, that's your thing, um, a, a wellness breakthrough um, recently where we, um, we spoke to a lot of people about what they wanted to achieve in their life and often a lot of people want to leap and go from zero to hero uh, without necessarily doing all the work. But it's a very big reality check for people to hear you say that over the space of two weeks you managed to write for 200 plus hours. Um, and that you were pleased with that. So many people go, oh, my gosh, I would really struggle to sit down um, for a couple of hours in a day to write a couple of pages for a book. But you've written for 200-plus hours. It's that time application, I think, that uh, that people might uh, maybe struggle with in thinking that th- do they need to dedicate most of their life to um, a particular cause or could it be something that's you know blended in? Well, it all depends on what your values are. I mean, I... I've structured my life so I can research, write, travel, teach. I, I, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It was a slow, steady process. When I first started studying, I, 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 Paul Bragg gave me a little affirmation. Said he said every single day, say this affirmation, never miss a day the rest of your life, and I've never missed a day since. Um, so I've been saying I'm a genius, and I apply my wisdom for 43 plus years. I. Uh, took a GED. I passed it by guessing. I took a college entrance exam. I guessed and passed. And I mean, I, I guessed, I passed. But when I got and tried to do college, I didn't do so well and I failed. And I, um, I, I got a 27 on the first test I ever took in college and I almost gave up. And if it wasn't for my mother who saw me crying on the living room floor thinking, I guess this whole idea of being intelligent is, is, a, is a false idea. It's a fantasy. She said to me, son, whether you become a great teacher and travel the world like you dream or whether you, you know, go back and ride big waves in Hawaii or, ran, or return to the streets as a panhandling bum like you've done, I just want to let you know that your father and I are going to love you no matter what. And when she said that, I, I got tears in my eyes and I got my hand into a fist and I said, I'm going to master this thing called reading and master this thing called studying. I'm going to master this thing called learning. I'm not going to let anybody on the face of the earth stop me from my mission. I'm going to do whatever it takes, travel the distance, pay me a prize to give my service of love across this planet. And I got up, I hugged my mom, I kissed her, I walked into my room and I got a dictionary out and I started memorizing 30 words a day and she tested me on my ability to speak them, pronounce them, use them in a sentence until my vocabulary was strong enough to pass school. And it was a slow, tedious, 30 words a day vocabulary expansion. Hmm. And, and after a while, um, I, believe it or not, I still have that dictionary in my office covered in cellophane tape because it was falling apart after all the use I did with it. And uh, it still is a remembrance of that day. So I kept it all these years. So, Dr. John, not only are you an incredibly hard worker, but you're also incredibly productive and you're incredibly good at focusing on your genius and delegating, as you've already said, you know, having all these researchers, you know, delegating, having other people team with you to help you out, perhaps even better than Lawrence Tam. So 
How are you so productive, John? What are, what are the secrets to that? Um, well, I'm selfishly like doing what I love doing. <laughs> I think that's all it is. <laughs> I, I like I like to get up and do what I love doing. I don't like to have to be told how how to do things. So I guess I'm stubborn. That's all. Um, I, I'd rather fill my day with things that inspire me than not. And so I, that's what I love doing. So I figured I asked myself, you know, seven great questions many years ago. And, um, and there's a lot of people that have been affected by these seven questions, but it's, what is it I would absolutely love to do, uh, in life? And I define it. How do I get handsomely and beautifully paid to do it? Cause I figured if I don't get paid doing what I love, I'll never have my vocation and vacation be the same. And then what are the seven highest priority action steps I can do today to help me do that? So I prioritize my actions. What obstacles am I run into? How do I solve them in advance? What worked and what didn't work today? How do I do it more effectively and efficiently? And how did whatever I experience, whether supportive or challenged, positive or negative, how is it helping me fulfill my mission so I can see it on the way, not in the way? Those seven questions have assisted me in, in liberating me from having to do lower priority things. You know, you talked about um, your, you know, doing everything that you do in the highest priority priorities of your values. Um, you know, we're talking about value systems and people, you know, either they, rec- first of all, sometimes the people don't even realize they actually have value systems. But people, for those people who actually have now understanding of this hierarchy of values and they do, you know, to the priority of those, those hierarchy, is there ways or what are some of the suggestions that you would recommend for people to be able to move those priorities, like certain values and move them up to a higher value system? Is it, is it a simple task? Is it easy? Um, or is it, is it a difficult task to, to manifest? Well, you're... I'll use this story to get the message across. If you're a, a, a 10-year-old girl, 8-year-old to 10-year-old girl, and you've been asked to sing a solo at your elementary school, and you're in fourth grade or you know third grade, fourth grade, something like that, and you're, um, you memorize this song, you prepare for the song, and there's 400 people in a little auditorium about to listen to you do your solo performance. And um, you, well, you got pigtails and you got a nice dress on and you got your little bonnet and your hair up and, and you get up on the stage and people applaud and then you sing. If you sing angelic and you sing flawlessly and you're absolutely inspired and the room just gets tears and you do it and they stand up with a standing ovation at the end and applaud you, I'll bet you're going to sing again. You're probably going to sing and practice some more and you're going to practice singing and you're going to go on and probably pursue something with that. But if you get up there and forget your lines, go out a key, botch it all up, and people start throwing things, say, boo, get out of here, don't do it, you're probably going to run behind the stage and never want to go up there on stage again. So pleasures and pains can tweak the direction of a human value system. So uh, I had a lady that was in my program, The Breakthrough Experience in South Africa, that had four children in the morning, and at 10 o'clock, she got in the car to take her kids to the mall and she got uh, a slammed uh, 18 wheeler slammed into her and killed all four children and she was now without children from 10 o'clock 10 15 on and uh she was no longer a mother so her values cataclysmically changed because of a pain and um so we have the capacity to not let the outer world dictate what those pains and pleasures are but we can actually take command of what they are and stack up pleasures and benefits or pains and drawbacks and tweak the direction of our values to create what we want in life. So either set goals that might align with our highest values 
to have fulfillment or change our values to match the goals we say we want. Either one of them are available. And I try to teach people both strategies in the breakthrough experience to help them have fulfillment in their life. John, it's a, it's an amazing program, the Breakthrough Experience. I've done it three times, and uh, and each of them, it's uh, helped me grow enormously. And so, thank you so much for providing such an incredible tool. And people can, you know, jump onto your website, John, and see where you are around the world uh, running those particular events because you do quite a lot of them every single year. Um, so, yeah, everyone, if you're interested in looking at the, at the Breakthrough Experience, definitely go to John's uh, website, and Lawrence will mention that later on. But, John, um, a lot of people um, will use excuses as to the reasons why they can't achieve or they, they fail to achieve certain things. And uh, I think, you know, in, in understanding the conversation so far, we're talking about values and, um, and where people's hierarchy of values um, actually lie in terms of priority, et cetera, et cetera. But for people that are still using excuses like, oh, you know, I gave up coffee and I still didn't lose weight um, even though my diet's perfect or, you know, such and such said this to me so now I'm really upset and it's going to ruin my life forever. Um, how, do, how do people, when they listen to a podcast like this, how can they shift their mindset to think, well, actually, maybe I can control more things? What, what, are the, what are the sorts of triggers that we can use to help them believe that they have got more power than what they're allowing themselves to have? Well, as William James said, the greatest discovery of my generation uh, is that human beings can alter their lives by altering perceptions and attitudes of mind. You have control over your perceptions and your actions. That's what, those are the two things you have governance over. So it's never what happens to you. It's how you perceive it. You're never a victim of your history. You can be a master of your destinies by changing your perceptions. That's what Breitz is about. And uh, so the quality of our lives based on the quality of the questions we ask because the questions we ask determine how we perceive things. So surrounding yourself with people that are doing extraordinary things, surround yourself with people that have extraordinary questions, practice the art of saying at the end of the day, I learned from an Indian mystic when I was probably 23, never go to bed at night until you can't, you can't see anything in your day except thank you. If you see anything in there, you can't say thank you for go back and look at it differently until you can say thank you. So go to bed with a gratitude attitude and wake up with an inspiration and, and, uh, fill your mind, you know, you, you, if you fill your mind with great ideas, you end up a great person. You can't put your hand in the pot of glue without some of the glue sticking. Let it let it be, you know, put into the hands of the great masters so you can wake up your mastery. That's the that's the key we all have the capacity for. Sorry, John, I was uh, I was on mute there. Um, John, this is amazing, and I know we're we're so we're almost out of time, and uh, and so we just got to be quick here, but. What, what's the first step, John? People wanting to make change, people listening to this right now who've just been unbelievably inspired by you, what should they do as soon as they get off this podcast to start making a step in the right direction? Well, get back on your podcast. <laughs> get back on and listen again and keep listening. You know, uh, Surround yourself with people that, that uh, believe in possibilities for you that you may not even believe in yourself and to give yourself permission to expand and do something extraordinary on planet Earth. Just every single day, start prioritizing your day and filling it with high-priority things and see if you can't surround yourself with people that can assist you and people that can, you can delegate things and get on with doing things that are meaningful to you. If you fill your day with high-priority actions that inspire you, it won't fill up with low-priority distractions. It won't. John, I know that uh, you know, you, 
you you are going to go. And so I just want to honor you and just by saying thank you from all of us and thank you from you know all the listeners listening to this. And I do hope that you re-listen to this because there's a lot of gems that uh, you know you speak of um, and definitely attend your seminars. And if you ever want to find John, I know he moves around very quickly, so you have to be prepared when he does come to town. Uh, go to drdmartini.com. I will put the show uh, the website on the show uh, show notes uh, at the wellnesscouch.com uh, website. John, thank you so much and thanks for inspiring so many people and uh, keep doing what you doing and uh, keep leading from the front thank you so much and uh, congratulations on all the great things that you're doing and the difference that you guys are making and thank you for this opportunity for me to share okay guys we're just going to do a quick summary after we let john go and uh, we'll talk to you soon well boys that was that was awesome i know uh you know we had to go uh he had to to leave but man that was uh 24 minutes of gold it always is with John, isn't it? And he talks even faster than you, Lawrence. So I think people do, you know, sometimes people listen back to podcasts in 1.5 speed or double speed. I think people need to listen to that back to that one in half speed so you can catch all the gems through there. You know, it's funny that people uh, talk about, you know, me speaking fast, but he's actually one of the reasons why I speak so fast. Um, I remember, <laughs> no, it's uh, this is the honest truth. I, I should actually mention that. But when I heard him speak, um, you know, this is going back, you know, 15, you know, 15, 17 years ago when, when I first heard him speak and he was just speaking so fast. I remember he said, you know, um, that he speaks fast for a reason. It's about the, how you process the brain. And, and, and I just remember like, wow, that's an inspiration. And it's just, I love to one day just learn how to speak. Plus I learned how to speak that fast. And, uh, he's definitely one of the, the starters of that, that thought process in my brain. It's good. It's good to know you're still working on that LT. Yeah, right. Still working, <laughs> learning how to speak. Well, it's, it's like that thing where sometimes your brain's just going quicker than your mouth can keep up. You know, and yeah, you're thinking right. about all these things. And if, if you're not getting them out, then maybe you're losing some of the magic and some of the wisdom. So, Maybe you guys are just keeping up with your amazing brains. Or we just don't want you to pick up all the grammatical mistakes that we're making. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> no, so, I mean, what did you guys get out of that? What was the, what was the you know, top thing that you got out of that interview? Well, yeah, I'll tell you, you know, coming away from, the, from our, our wellness breakthrough weekend, you know, I, I had a lot of reflection. I was looking at, you know, what a lot of people have been achieving, what they have achieved, what they haven't achieved, what they set out to achieve and may not have, you know, hit. Same for me, like reflecting on the things that I had had uh, gold for over the last uh, 12 months, 24 months, 36 months and looking at the things that I did achieve and didn't achieve. And I realized that any disappointment that I do have um, around the things that I haven't achieved is based on values. And so I think a lot of a lot of what I often pick up with John is if I want to change things or if I want to get things that are, are different than what I've actually got right now, I need to alter the hierarchy of values. So, you know, where I might have something, you know, at value position number one, if I don't want to have as much of that as what I do have, I need to drop that down the values list so that I elevate something else that I want to achieve, you know, with greater priority to a higher level in my values list. And uh, and that came through really thick again from John. And so that's I've I've seen John, I've had dinner with John, I've had you know, I've drunk fizzy water with John and I've done all these things with John and um, and the values thing continues to slap me in the face. So, boys, I have to change my values. I'm glad the wellness breakthrough was a breakthrough for you. It's awesome. No, it's good. Like, I'm really good. I, I'm, I learned a lot from the breakthrough itself. Like, I mean, just being, just because we were teaching and leading it, um, I learned a lot from the participants. I learned a lot from you guys and, and, and also my process. And that's what I love about, you know, going to do something like the breakthrough is that people think only the participants are the ones who get the breakthrough like we yeah. each saw i had some breakthroughs in myself in terms of you know what i learned about myself and i think that's the important thing to realize that we all change we all um work towards uh you know to to help self self-improvement mm. 
And that kind of goes to one of the things that slapped me between the eyes with John was when he just talked about being single-minded and selfish. Mm. And, and, you know, to hear someone like John say that makes you think, oh, hang on, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean about being selfish? And I know what John means by that is not that he wants to, you know, achieve things at the expense of other people because I know that he doesn't. But what he wants to do is live to his values, you know, live to his truth. And a lot of that is him helping other people and doing amazing things for other people. But it's doing it in his way, you know, it's doing what drives him. And, uh, and I think that's so important to, you know, to remember that you can, you know, you can be single-minded and selfish and, and do those things that are within your values. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that you're doing it at the expense of other people. And uh, so that was definitely one that just struck me as he was talking. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, one of the things of being selfish, and we're all selfish beings, right? I mean, we are all, you know, we do things for others because we we get an outcome out of that. Like we get a return and emotion about that. And so um, what he's saying when he's being selfish, that's exactly what it is. And I, like I took away with the laser focus that he actually has. You know, mm. that like this guy, I mean, I've always admired, he, I mean, literally guys, I mean, we're not joking when he says he speaks like over 300 and I don't know, 20 times a year, right? There's only 365 days a year, uh, in, in a year. Like he literally speaks every single day and he's moving, you know, mm. and traveling. And, and mm. it's not like he's wasting time watching a movie on a plane, right? <laughs> you know, unless there's some documentary on quantum physics or something, I'm sure. But I reckon he'd watch movies, but in four times speed. <laughs> yeah, should, yeah, or 16 times speed, he just watches That's and right. gets a glimpse of it. But yeah. the thing is, like, he is, he, he's laser focused on what his dream is and his vision, and he's creating it every single day. And, you know, he's, he's, in, he's been teaching for 43 years, as he said, and he's still doing it. He's not getting tired of it. And that is someone who is, following their passion, you know, finding, you know, not even about finding a purpose. They found a purpose early and then just doing it and loving every single moment of it, but still learning. If he can still learn, like he's the, one of the greatest teachers, I think, mm. uh, you know, on this planet. One, and, one of the wisest men on the planet. He could yeah. advise any of the prime ministers and presidents in the world and help them make better decisions, I'm sure. Yeah, and, you know, and he is still learning. And if he can still learn, there's, there's no way that we have an excuse um, for not to be able to do the things, just even, even 1% of what he does to continue to grow as, as a human being. Well, I, th- I think we know that, don't we? Like the the research, there's there's research out there that says that you know the amount of information that's out there in the world now is more than anyone could learn in you know thousands, probably millions of lifetimes. You know, there's so much information out there mm. that you can't possibly know it all, and and so even someone like John can't possibly know it all. So it's it's really maintaining that curiosity and that thirst for wisdom is so important. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hey, um, just quickly before we do wrap up, guys, because I know we've got to finish up, I just wanted to congratulate Lawrence on uh, on receiving um, celebrity status with Facebook. Um, <laughs> Here yeah, it's outstanding. You know, on the weekend you might have seen that um, Lawrence was doing. In fact, I stole Lawrence's um, mobile awesome. phone a number of times. And, uh, and we did this live stream thing on Facebook. And so I thought, I want to get this live stream thing on my Facebook. Yeah. And so I Googled it, Bretto. I can't do it, Damo. I well, can't do live stream on Facebook. Well, you know why? Yeah, because we're not it's, as cool as Lawrence. Well, well, that's true. But also the second most important reason is that Facebook have only launched it for celebrities. Yeah, <laughs> I don't believe celebrities. you. I'm going to have to look I, that it's up. It's only people who get recognized by their voice alone on plane flights, I hear, Damien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So LT has reached Facebook celebrity status. So I just want to say congratulations, LT. I will gladly hand over the mantle of Rockstar to you. Um, and congratulations. Yeah. Does that mean we're Facebook celebrity groupies, Damo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
pretty much pretty much that's us we're uh, part of the entourage now nice. <laughs> maybe actually yeah uh, anyways well thank you i'll accept that uh, mental but uh, i know you're going to take it back as soon as you see it again so guys uh make sure you join us on facebook go to facebook.com slash the wellness guys and the wellness couch like us there while you're there share this podcast with your friends families and other strangers you think need a wellness update i think this one is a good one to share for sure and this is the first time we've actually done a uh, commentary i guess or um, after a particular podcast uh let us know what you think i don't know it's uh i think it's good to have a, a bit of a summary if after 240 someone episodes we've actually finally done something that's a little different this is kind of cool so subscribe to us on itunes while you're there give us a rating and uh, leave a comment there until next week begin creating wellness into our lives lead by example let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness guy show this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.